Everyone, welcome into episode two of Talking Schmidt. I have a very distinguished guest with me. I'm very excited to talk about this. I have one of my favorite people. This is our QB1 of Talking Schmidt right now, TJ Eckert. Let's talk about this. 5,641 career passing yards at UCO. He had 25 career passing touchdowns, 637 yards on the ground, three rushing touchdowns. You're ranked third all-time in careers for a UCO quarterback, second all-purpose quarterback career. Did you know that? I did not know that. I do Thank research, you, man. <laughs> All right. Man, I, I feel good research, right now. Man. Yeah, I, I, I needed I needed to know, especially right now with everything going on, sometimes you just need a good pick-me-up. So I feel like this is a good one. I think so. I would agree. Um, I feel like – you know, you set the bar really low, right, with George as your first guest? <laughs> yeah. So, distinguished. Yeah, I feel really distinguished at this point. Yeah, for sure. Here's a, here's another favorite stat of mine that I have to throw out there. I met TJ, his first job, weekend sports anchor. He is now the sports director at KTUL Tulsa's Channel 8. I feel like a proud papa when I talk to you because I, <laughs> I know how great – uh, how great you were when you started, how much fun you have, and just the personality that you have. So finding out when you got promoted to sports director was another great moment. And, and I know the stats are great. I didn't know that TJ Eckerd. I still think a statue needs to be built for that TJ Eckerd. But for the Tulsa Channel 8, maybe they'll build a statue outside of Tulsa Channel 8. I, I don't know. Uh, well, if you're if you're going to be the one behind all the uh, the statues here, then I think we may be able to uh, get that thing done. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we, absolutely. Uh, I'm going to leave that charge for certain for you, man. Okay, I, I appreciate that. Let's, let's get on those now. <laughs> All right, man, let's go ahead and start with uh, the first topic tonight. We're going to kind of go – I'm trying to go quicker because yesterday, George and I felt like we talked for three days. Um, it was a longer <laughs> podcast. I'm not trying to talk. do that this time around. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we're going to do for our first segment here that we're hopefully going to be able to put on YouTube. We're hoping to keep it under 15 minutes. We're going to talk the top 10 quarterbacks in the, in the NFL history, not current quarterbacks. There might be a current guy on there too. Uh, just like a little news flash, I'll pop this out there now. If we're doing top quarterbacks in the NFL right now, I think you might agree with me. Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, those are one and two right now in the NFL. There's no way, really, any way around that. Yeah, I think those two. I mean, you, you got, in terms of talent level, too, you got to throw Aaron Rodgers in the mix. I mean, the yeah. guy's probably the biggest arm talent. Uh, well, now with Pat Mahomes out there, uh, one of one of the biggest arm talents we've seen that has been able to produce as well. So, yeah, I would agree. Those are probably your two, three guys that you can really lump in there right now. Yeah, and of course, you still have names like Drew Brees and stuff like that, which we'll see some of those guys on this list as well. So it's it's not too big of a, I feel like, a push. I'm going to start off. My number 10 quarterback that I had, um, I kind of went with a guy who's been – I kind of feel sometimes he gets left out of a lot of talks, but I I feel he's just so talented. He's very gifted. I have Russell Wilson at number 10 uh, on my all-time quarterback list. Uh, You know, before guys like Pat Mahomes, Lamar Jackson came in there, Russell was kind of doing what these guys were doing, but I don't feel at the same level that we're seeing at least early in their careers. Russell still had to get to it, but I feel like he's a great team guy. He's a great team player. He understands the game. He's very intelligent. Uh, he likes to make plays happen. Sometimes he holds on the ball a little bit too long, but still he, he's a guy who uh, does have great talent on the field. I like it. Um, uh, for me, I'll start at number 10 as well. And I'll start with a, a current guy like you did, but I'm going to start actually with Drew Brees. Um, I know because I'm trying my best to, to not use recency bias here. I'm trying to to deep dive deep into the archives here with some of these guys. So uh, Drew Brees is one of my idols. Um, you can't tell on screen, but I'm like 5'11". So a short QB's got a pretty bad rep. And guys like Russell Wilson, guys like Drew Brees, those guys have kind of paved the way for short quarterbacks to, to make it in the league. Drew Brees, uh, honestly, probably one of the best quarterbacks of this era, if not the best quarterback in this era. Um and he's certainly kind of paved the way for guys like a Baker Mayfield, guys like the, them to kind of get their career going. So I'll start with Drew Brees at number 10. I actually have Drew Brees at the higher, so I'll go with that here in a second. Um, yep. My number nine that I have at number nine, I have Aaron Rodgers there, which might surprise you, me being a big Packers fan. Uh, yep. I like Aaron Rodgers a lot. I just felt that one of the issues that we saw with Aaron Rodgers a lot of times was just the fact that he um, – 
in, in big situations, we know he can make big plays. We know the miracle in Motown. We saw what he did against the Cardinals with Jeff Janice. I mean, the guy can heave up uh, a pass. Guys are going to go down and grab it. Richard Rodgers, guys like that. So he does great things with the guys around him. The issue for me is just the fact that uh, a lot of times with A-Rod, it's just one of those things where you watch him and you're just like, uh, for me at least, it's snap the ball, please God, snap the ball. Or it's get rid of it, get rid of it, get rid of it. Which in some cases, when you look at a guy who's farther up on my list, uh, who was a Green Bay Packers great, um, it was a guy who got rid of the ball a lot of times to the wrong team. So we have <laughs> cut down on that. But for me, at least, Aaron Rodgers, he's still a very captivating quarterback. Um, I live and die on Sundays and, and Mondays and Thursdays and whatever day Green Bay's playing. I live and die by when Aaron Rodgers is on the field and what he does. And you can't tell me that in the fourth quarter with uh, two minutes, a minute, 30 seconds left, if Aaron Rodgers is stepping on the field and you're a defense, you're not a little puckered up in that moment just waiting <laughs> to see what happens. No, I would agree. I would agree. That's a good one. That's a good one. I'm going to go <sighs> – I've got my list and I keep rethinking my list as I go. I'm gonna go John Elway number nine. I don't know where you have I don't know where you have John Elway if he's on your list or not. Um, okay. So John Elway, two time Super Bowl champ, kinda hard to leave guys like that uh off a list. One of the guys who may have been one of the first true two sport guys that could have done both, right? I mean, went to Stanford but um had a chance to to play major league baseball if he wanted to. Um just a guy that's kind of paved his paved his way there in the league, and and now, I mean, as a general manager or as general manager owner, yeah, general manager, yeah, general manager, yeah, yeah okay. Um, guy that's done a, done a fairly good job. I think if there's Denver fans watching, they may disagree. Uh, but kind of like you, uh, being a Green Bay fan, I think Aaron Rodgers is one of the best quarterbacks of all time, and you you see through it a little bit because you're such a big fan of the, of the franchise. So um, I would think that Denver fans may have John Elway a little higher. I have him at number nine. I like it. Uh, I have at number eight, I have Roger Staubach, the Dallas Cowboys great. And he's actually, sure. believe it or not, he's the only Cowboy quarterback I have on this list. Most Some people might say, well, where's Troy Aikman? Um, uh, my list, I don't know. I, I feel my list is solid. So sorry, Troy, um, you know, if, if we're going with guys that sit next to Joe Buck, yeah, sure. He's a number one, I guess. I don't know. Um, but I, I, you can't shut down that, but Roger Staubach, uh, the second best winning percentage of a quarterback in NFL history, only behind Tom Brady. Um, and, and Brady's a guy who's very high on my list. So, you know, that's, that's somewhere I'm looking at. And I, you know, I wasn't around to see Roger Staubach play, but when you watch the old NFL films, you watch any of that Staubach's one of those guys and, and he's a cowboy great. He's a legend and, and people will talk about Staubach and, and still to this day to know that his name resonates uh, with guys like Johnny Unitas, who isn't on my list, but quarterbacks like that who still resonate all these years later. I actually have him in number eight as well. So uh, our first, our first look like the thing with Roger with, with, uh, Roger, like we're on a first name basis. The, the thing with Stalwalk is that he was kind of that first, we're not going to call him a mobile quarterback, but he was one of the first guys that you saw use some athleticism in his game. You know, a lot of these, a lot, right now, a lot of the guys are, are active and they're uh, getting out of the pocket and stuff. And Roger Stalwalk did that in a lesser way. Obviously, that was not the style back then, but he did that. Uh, he's kind of one of the first guys to start doing that. And um, you're right. I think. I'm a what two-time Super Bowl champion, Ryan? Is that is that did you rattle that off? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. Two Super Bowls. Uh, the thing is, you can't look at numbers. You can't look at passing yards and passing touchdowns. You can't you can't judge these guys off stats because they do not throw the ball as much back then as they do now, obviously. So, um, but a, a guy who kind of pioneered the quarterback position in a way back in that time. You mentioned some other big name guys, Johnny Unitas, uh, Joe Namath. Yeah. Guys, you know, it's a little further along, but uh, those guys, Bart Starr, another Green Bay Packer. Um, those guys kind of paved the way. And so out of those few, I chose Roger Staubach. Yeah, I like that. At my number seven, that's where I put Drew Brees at. And I know you've already touched on Drew Brees here. I agree with you. Um, I, I'm a much shorter guy who wanted to play quarterback. Uh, never really cracked more than the five nine spot. So I had to look up from like guys like Brucey from the longest yard as a great quarterbacks to look up to, I guess at yes. my height. Uh, but Drew Brees, yeah, it was one of those things, you know, you, you hear about the size disadvantage and things like that. And then you see what he can do and he has an amazing arm and uh, a fun fact for you here. My mom actually had the same injury as Drew Brees in her shoulder. So um, we've always kind of had a, a extra love for Drew Brees. Does uh, your mom have the same arm talent as Drew Brees? Uh, she was a catcher 
when she okay. played high school softball. So I obviously never got to see that, but uh, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure she probably had some pretty good talent uh, throwing at least a softball. We can only assume that she was just as good as Drew Brees. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. She's a Drew Brees of softball. <laughs> okay. There we go. Okay. We'll take that. Uh, what are we at? Real number seven. Yeah, we're at seven. That's what I thought. Okay. Well, I got Dan Marino and that sounds kind of low. I don't know. I'm sure you have him up higher. Um, never won a Super Bowl. Um, you know, I don't like to put a whole lot of stock into uh, like, you know, Bill Russell's not the greatest basketball player of all time because he won the most titles, you know, uh, Dan Marino's not the worst quarterback of all time. Cause he didn't win a title. Sometimes you're, you're cursed by the teams that you're on, but the team yeah. he was on, I mean, I mean, he kind of set the mark in terms of the passing quarterback, uh, held all the records for a long time until guys that we're going to get to later on the list. I'm sure broke those records. Um, and I'm not going to hold, I'm, I have him at seven, not because he didn't win Super Bowls, but because guys ahead of him did win Super Bowls, if that makes sense. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm penalizing him because he didn't win one, but I still think in terms of, in terms of true pure quarterbacks, Dan Marino may be one of the best, if not the best of all time. I have him at seven. So it's not like I'm shortchanging him at all. Um, But I think he's, I think he's a a guy, he's a guy who really did pave the way for uh, passing quarterbacks. He did it pretty efficiently. I'm just looking at some stats here. 420 touchdowns and only 252 picks. I mean, when you throw the ball as much as he did, that's a pretty good touchdown interception ratio. So I got him at seven. I have him at six. So not big of a difference there. So he's, uh, he's sitting at six on my list. Um, you know, everything you said, you, you got to completely agree with it. There's a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL that never won a uh, Super Bowl who you can't say was, like weren't great quarterbacks. Dan Marino is one of those. A guy like Steve McNair comes to mind as well. Steve McNair was a true hard-fought guy. Um, literally, you know, Nashville and, and Tennessee, like when Tennessee Titans came in there and, and guys like Steve McNair, Eddie George were such a big part of that. And you think of, you know, literally Steve McNair might be on this list if, you know, Mike Jones doesn't make one tackle, you know, and, and, and that kind of might – be what discourages his legacy the thing with Dan Marino as you mentioned is the fact that he was such a pure passer it puts him up there because he held the records for such a long time that you know if maybe McNair had those records or whatever maybe we look at that or if he had that Super Bowl maybe he's you know the number 10 guy at that point too yeah I agree well um if I don't know if you asked George about his favorite quarterbacks or not he thinks that Pat Mahomes is the best quarterback ever he does, yes. Uh, and and that's all time. He thinks he's the best quarterback of all time, and he's played, what, two, uh, one full season, right? Two full that, seasons. Two full seasons now? Yeah. yeah. Two full seasons, yeah. Uh, well, I got, him at, I got him at six, so I'm giving him wow. credit. Um, I, and, and, again, I asked you before we started, how are we judging this list? And it's an all-around thing. I put a lot of stock as a former quarterback in the quarterback itself. Um, yeah. And in terms of arm talent, in terms of, in terms of just quarterbacking, Pat Mahomes is – unlike really anything we've seen in a long time. Um, in fact, kind of similar to a guy that you rooted for for a while up there in Green Bay, I think. I mean, different, similar styles. Um, Pat hasn't turned it over quite as much as, I, as one, as Brett Favre has, but two, as much as I thought he would. Coming out of Texas Tech, I did not think yeah. – uh, I, I completely overlooked him. I did not think that he was going to be a guy that was going to come and, uh, and, and take the league by storm like he has. You know, I think he's benefited from being an Andy Reid's – tutelage and Andy Reid's system. I think learning under Alex Smith helped a little bit there at the very beginning. Um, so he's, he's a guy that if he stays on the same trajectory, he's going to be the best quarterback of all time, I think. And, and I'm not ready to crown him that yet. George right. is. Right. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. I, uh, I think, I think it keeps up those similar numbers or at least decent numbers. Um, I mean, the guy's already won an MVP. He's already won a Super Bowl, So, uh, he's well on his way, and in terms of quarterback talent alone, he's one of the best, if not the best. Yeah, no, I like Pat Mahomes a lot. I've been able to see him play. You know, we we were up at a few Chiefs games, mm-hmm. stuff like that, um, watching him play, and he's just a winner, man. That that's the biggest thing. And, and you mentioned Favre, and you know, yes, I, there's not. A, I mean, I have Favre jerseys from when I was, you know, five years old that sit in my closet. And Patrick Mahomes is a guy that I look at and I say this guy has it. And I do feel that way. I don't have him on my list. I, I feel, uh, just for me at least, it, it's just, I, I don't know if I can put him there yet because I want to see what he does. But I, I don't think that it's going to take too long before he jumps even further in this list. Yeah. No, I agree. It is It is early to put him put him high. Um, I, I was looking more along the skill set 
Yeah. I was weighing that pretty high as well. And you want a Super Bowl too. So put him up there. I like it. Uh, my number five is where I have John Elway at. Um, John Elway to me was, uh, you know, he was, he put a huge dagger in all Packers fans heart uh, back in uh, 98 after winning the 97 Super Bowl. Uh, you thought Green Bay had the best chance to go back to back. And it was just going to be the story of John Elway's career. And then John Elway really cemented his career against the Packers. And then, you know, really dominated the next year against the Falcons. And it was hard to root against John Elway. Um, even with some of the stuff that happened early on in his career with the whole, I'm going to hold out if I have to go to this team, blah, blah, blah. But Elway just, I mean, you know, like you said, there's, there's a lot of Broncos fans out there who probably think that he's, you know, should be number one, but uh, for me, Elway is my number five and, and I like him in that position. I've kind of gone back and forth with my five and my four. They're actually from the same team. They're two Packers. Um, Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre. So it's almost like a T4 or a T5. So let's see. Who do I want to well, put? Four has to, be, four has to be Favre. That's fair. That's his number. Okay. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is number five for no reason other than the fact that he's not number five or he's number 12. Um, in, terms of, in terms of quarterback play, we just talked about how much I love Pat Mahomes' game and his, and his quarterbacking style. Aaron Rodgers was – Pat Mahomes before Pat Mahomes got there. I mean, kind of that gunslinger mentality guy that kind of runs around and, and flings the ball wherever he wants. And uh, that's kind of, that's kind of the way he plays. And I know as a Packer fan, you've, you've talked about how frustrating he can be at times. You've talked about how awesome he can be at times. Um, there's not a lot of guys, uh, you may have been talking about Rogers or Breeze. I can't remember. Not a lot of guys that you wouldn't want to have the ball in his hands with two minutes left other than Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that's a guy who you can count on really to, to, to do some good. So um, in terms of arm talent, other than Mahomes, I'm not sure. I mean, some of the throws he makes are just bizarre. Um, and he's not as a quarterback. I appreciate good technique. So like guys like Phillip rivers really piss me off because he, <laughs> he horrible, horrible form. Um, Aaron Rodgers does not have the prettiest of form, it's, but it's just so fluid and yeah. so effortless. So I put him at five and I put him pretty high because I there's, I mean, I can't do what all these guys can do, but him especially like the throws he makes never in a million years would I dream of throwing some of the balls he does. I think we both know what my number four is because it's the same as your number four. That's where I have Brett Favre on my list. Um, the Mississippi gunslinger, uh, just the, the career he's had. Um, you know, I grew up, uh, in I spent about three years of my life in Jackson, Mississippi and watched, I mean, Packers games were always on because he was literally the state of Mississippi when he was in the NFL and his, his pipeline from, you know, Green Bay, Wisconsin down to uh, Jackson, Mississippi was just, I mean, it was huge. You knew Brett Favre, you know, the moment, the moment you got into Mississippi, you know who the guy was um, for me at least. And, you know, what he did in Green Bay and making it home for so long and putting them back on the map, bringing Titletown, you know, back to being what people thought of when they thought of that. Now, granted, he did have Reggie White. He did have a lot of great other pieces in Green Bay. Um, but for me, Brett Favre, uh, he's number four on my list. You know, you talk about Pat Mahomes and, you know, you think of what's this guy doing with the ball. Uh, Brett did that. You know, that was like his specialty was, oh, I'm going to shovel pass it here. Yeah, I'm going to shovel pass it here. Or, I'm going to throw an underhand pass for a touchdown. Sure, yeah, that's going to happen. And and so Favre to me, you know, as if I'm going with my favorite player of all time, Favre is number one for me. Uh, but looking at greatest quarterbacks, I have him at number four. It just seems fitting to be at number four for Favre. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Everything you just said was good. And, and I don't know if I'd be able to top a Packer fan talking about his favorite Packer of all time. So I won't, I won't dive too much into it. One of my favorite throws that he made that sticks out in my mind was him actually playing for the Vikings um, against was the Niners that they were playing. Uh, you know, he, there's times running out on the clock and he, he's rolling to like his right and he rolls left first and rolls back to his right. And then for some reason decides to throw one into the back of the end zone, but it's like a laser beam, not like a, not like a, a touch pass, but on a line, probably 45, maybe 50 yards. And I mean, perfect ball in between two defenders, Vikings win. Um, one of my favorite 
throws just because it's one of those you're like, what are you doing? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what you're doing. You're being great. Like you're saying, yeah. <laughs> he's being better. Exactly. He's doing, he's going to shovel past one. He may want to throw one underhand. He may throw one left hand every once in a while. You know, that's just who he is. And, you know, you love him. And sometimes you hate him, but you mostly love him. Didn't even know what a nickel de- a defense was when he came in the NFL. It's an amazing story. I had a, I had a slave in the film room to, to be able to be any good on the field. And these guys can just walk out there and, and just sling it around. Oh my gosh. My number three, I I'm sure you have him maybe one spot higher than I do. Maybe two spots higher than I do. My number three, I have Peyton Manning there. Um, you know, I always gave you slack and flack about Peyton Manning. Uh, Peyton Manning, you can't talk about that guy without knowing that he is an absolute genius when it comes to playing the position uh, teams literally had to disguise their defenses until the last second against this guy because he could so totally just dissect. I mean, he literally is a surgeon on the field at quarterback. And and I, I just – there's no other guy that – I mean, there's there's two other guys on my list, but for other reasons why I have them there. But Peyton Manning, when you look at what he's done, his career, you know, maybe you'd want him to have a few more Super Bowls. In, in, kind of an Aaron Rodgers situation. You know, when you look at a guy like Rodgers where you're just like, when is he going to get that next Super Bowl? That's how you felt a lot about Peyton Manning, too, is like, this guy deserves to be there. Why can't he win another one? Yeah. Yeah. Our top three is going to, I think, be pretty different, which is good. I think we have all three of the same guys, but they're all going to be pretty different. So I, I'm, I'll i start. My number three is Joe Montana, yeah. um, who I would imagine you have a spot higher. Um, but I think really with these three or with Brady Montana, you, they're kind of interchangeable in a way. Those guys have done so much. They've both been um, such – historic quarterbacks, such clutch quarterbacks, and have won so many Super Bowls. What, Montana has four? Is that right? Four Super Bowls, three-time MVP. Yeah, there it is. Um, And what I like, and a number that sometimes gets thrown under the radar a little bit, is completion percentage these days. We like looking at passer rating. We like looking at yards. We like looking at touchdowns. But to complete almost 65% of your passes for as long as as he did in his career is pretty impressive. But there's – you know, I didn't get to watch him. Um, I'm a youngin'. Um, so I didn't get to see much other than YouTube. So, but a guy that just had, was it, is it a uh, skip Bayless? He had the clutch gene and that no skip Bayless. Yeah. Had the clutch gene. That's what he goes. That's what he calls for Tom Brady. That's what Joe Montana was, man. You had the same thing with Aaron Rodgers. You got two minutes left on the clock, put the ball in Joe's hands. He's going to make things happen. So, um, in terms of one legendary status in terms of Super Bowl wins and in terms of clutchness, those are kind of the three, four things that you look for when you're looking for a historic quarterback and Joe Montana's got it. He's probably number one on a lot of lists. Um, he's probably number two on just as many as well. I have him at three because I got two guys ahead of him that I like more. I have, I have Joe at two. So yeah, absolutely. And, uh, same, same kind of concept dudes. Uh, he was a winner and he was a gamer uh, he knew how to win. He knew where to put the ball. He knew where to place it. Granted, he did have the greatest receiver of all time playing on his, you know, on his, <laughs> on his offense with him. But you know, that's what that's what you do when you have those guys. You know to put the ball in their hands, and so that's why Montana to me is my number two guy um, for certain on my list. Yep. So for me, you've already you've called me out a couple times for my Peyton Manning love. Um, so for me, number two, my number two is Tom Brady. Um, I that I argue with people all the time about, especially George being a Patriots yeah. fan. Um, I right, there is no doubt that Brady is probably the best or top two, three best quarterbacks of all time. There is no doubting it. No, no, there's no debate. He is. Um, I have him at two. He's won what now? Six Super Bowls. Is that how many Super Bowls Tom Brady's won? It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, what will ha- what will happen for me is if he goes, he's in Tampa Bay. I know he just got Gronk, and they're going to keep putting pieces around him. But if he goes somewhere else, leaves Bill Belichick, leaves that system, and wins another Super Bowl, I mean, you can't. That's pretty much all the debate's over. My thing is I feel like he fell into a perfect situation, a perfect system. Um, he's had elite defenses every year he's been in, in New England. Look, I'm, I'm over here. We're supposed, to be, we're supposed to be hyping up these guys, right? I'm over here trying to bash the number two quarterback of all the time. What Brady has done is, has been remarkable and, and unseen by any, any quarterback ever in terms of winning, in terms of Super Bowls, in terms of longevity. I mean, the guy, other than that year he, he tears his ACL, I mean, seems like he doesn't, he doesn't miss games, and he's been doing it for so long. So, um, for me, if he goes to Tampa Bay this year, Tampa Bay, and wins the Super Bowl – that I'm probably going to have to change up my list. But for now, I have him number two. 
because in terms of quarterback talent, in terms of quarterback skill set and stuff, he may be further down the list. I think Aaron Rodgers, Pat Mahomes, I think you know Drew Brees, other guys we have on our list are probably more talented quarterbacks in terms of skill set, but Brady does more with less. So he's at number two. Well, that's true. I mean, you look at the receiving core he had. I mean, he makes these guys – famous Wes Welker was a kick returner in Miami before he goes up to New England and then he's you know you're talking about him being one of the best slot receivers if not the greatest slot receiver of all time Julian Edelman a a guy who was a quarterback at Kent State gets you know put on this team Chris Hogan played lacrosse at Monmouth you know in those guys and you're like who who is his receivers and you don't really have an answer for that so I completely agree with you I have him at number one I know Peyton Manning's your number one uh Tom Brady's my number one uh just you know you think of the story that that you have with Tom Brady and, and just getting to where he was and you didn't know who he was going to be you, you have no idea who this guy's going to be and now he has six Super Bowl championships and I know people will say well you had the flake gate and you had spy gate and you had all these other things and you know one of my biggest phrases you know I'm a big wrestling fan I was a big Eddie Guerrero fan, fan growing up lie cheat steal you know whatever it takes but for Tom Brady on the field you can't look at it and tell me that you know like you said he didn't have the talent that a lot of these other guys had. He didn't have a Marvin Harrison. You know, he didn't have those guys. But then again, rightfully so for a guy like Peyton Manning, he made a lot of these receivers. Marvin Harrison, he made guys like Reggie Wayne and and other great receivers that have come into the Indianapolis Colts. And and really, until he was in Denver, he didn't really have elite receivers like, you know, until they got Wes Welker and they had Demarius Thomas at that time. So, I mean, until he really got to a situation, he had guys that he was really building. So, I feel that that's why we talk about those top three guys are very interchangeable. Yeah, I uh, I can I could be easily convinced that Tom Brady is number one. I mean, it's not it wouldn't take much at all. And I and there's you know what you know one one Wednesday or Thursday I may wake up and say yeah you know what Tom Brady's number one. But um, I do have Peyton Manning number one, and I think it's because of stuff you talked about earlier. I mean, the guy was a coach on the field. I mean. He, he didn't need an offensive coordinator. That'd be the easiest job in the NFL to be the offensive coordinator of Peyton Manning's team. You don't have to do anything. Hey, Peyton, what do you think about this play? Okay. And then he goes to the line and he can call whatever he wants. So, um, and kind of the same argument, I think, with, with Tom Brady. He did, in a way, more with less, not just in terms of talent around him, but his own personal talent. He didn't have a cannon. He wasn't overly athletic. He was more athletic than people gave him credit for back when he started playing. Uh, back when he first got in the league, he was athletic, but I mean, when he had his fused neck or whatever the last season or two, he, so I mean, he couldn't, he could hardly move. And so for him to do what he was doing, the guy threw with more uh, timing, with more accuracy and more uh, accuracy and ball placement is the same thing, but ball placement, he had better ball placement, better accuracy and better timing than any quarterback that's ever played. Um, in terms of quarterback skill set, he is the best, he's the best quarterback of all time, in my opinion. I don't, you were talking about Super Bowls earlier. I don't fault him for not winning as many Super Bowls. It's kind of the same argument with LeBron. LeBron has won a few. He's also he's he's stacked his team when he's won, but he's also been a part of some really bad teams or been against teams that were stacked, either in his conference or in the Western Conference. Kind of the same thing with Manning. He grew up he in his prime. He was playing against Bill Belichick and the Patriots. I mean, you know, you're not gonna you're not gonna win a ton of Super Bowls when you're doing that. I mean, so. I don't fault him so much for that. Um, but in terms of just pure quarterback play, I still have Peyton Manning number one for now. Someone may change my mind, but for now. Who's got the uh, better insurance commercials, Peyton Manning or Aaron Rodgers? Madison does not like the Peyton Manning commercials. She's rolling <laughs> her eyes right now. Um, Aaron Rodgers doesn't really do much in his commercials. so No, he doesn't. So, I mean, he's probably less obnoxious, but – the early nationwide commercials where they were singing and doing the jingles and stuff, those got on everybody's nerves pretty quick. That's true, though. So, yeah, I'll give it that one. Uh, we've reached the end of our top ten list here for quarterbacks, uh, our favorite quarterbacks. Well, I guess our top ten, at least, of, of who we like at quarterbacks there in NFL history. Um, the rest of this interview, the rest of it, you can catch it here on Podbean. We're going to switch over here. So if you like that list and you like how we broke it down, jump over as I dive in deeper here with uh, with the legend himself, the UCO legend at quarterback, TJ Eckert, now the sports director at KTUL, Tulsa's Channel 8. TJ, uh, I've seen some of your stories they've been putting on. I saw you try to do cup stacking. Uh, tell me a little bit about what you've been doing as a sportscaster 
during the uh, this whole stay-at-home order and everything that's going on right now? Cup stacking was fun. I did not know I was going to be that bad. It was uh, kind of frustrating. Um, it's hard. Um, but no, we've, uh, it's, and you'll appreciate it. We, it's made us get creative. Um, and not that we're not normally creative, but we can get creative with sports that are ongoing. You know, like we got a, a basketball player who's been playing really well. well. Let's go see how, what the basketball player does when he's not playing basketball, you know, during season. Well, now there's no season. So you got to, there's no video for you to shoot. So a lot of the interviews happen like we're doing here. Um, there's, you got to try and find file. You got to use pictures. Um, so, you know, it's, it's been good because it's gotten us to, it's, we've reached more people with unique stories than we normally would have, you know, people or people or teams or events that would normally kind of fall through the cracks are getting covered right now. And I think that's, that's been the best part. So for example, the NFL draft coming up, um, we've, uh, we're doing stories on Oklahoma, Oklahoma state and Tulsa football players who are likely going to get picked up. So that's been fun. Maybe we would be doing that in general already, but that's been good. Um, you know, it's, it's been nice that that cup stacking story was what I called a Facebook feature. I, I literally got on Facebook and asked, Hey, we don't know what the, we're going to do. So what would you guys like to see? And so we got so many recommendations and that's that's fun too because it you know i've seen some people say well that seems lazy to have people give you ideas but in all honesty we're not we're asking for ideas but we also want our viewers and our and the people who watch to feel like they have a say or a or a influence in what they're seeing on tv and i think that's been fun to see people get excited about uh what we're doing or what we're putting out Absolutely, man. I loved it. I thought it was a great story. I loved seeing uh, you did the first like easy challenge perfectly. And I was like, all right, TJ's got it. He's a gamer. And then when I watched after that, I was like, also, TJ doesn't like to lose. So this was not a good thing. But I love to see the creativity, man. That's that's one of my favorite things. You know, um, I felt like I haven't been as creative during this time, but I've seen some other people be very creative. Um, I've seen, uh, you know, just so many people doing some fun stuff around sports. We got moved to news fairly quick. So for me, it was, you know, if I had a sports story, I could still try to run it, but it started being like, Hey, you got to get your, get your feet more so into the community and covering news. So I've been doing a lot more news, but watching some of these stories that you guys have been able to do have just been absolutely phenomenal and, and just kind of thrilling to know that, you know, like you said, that your viewers are so passionate about what you do and trust what you do that they're like, Hey, would you do this story on cup stacking and you being you and knowing who you are, we're like, yeah, let's do this because somebody's going to like this. And it's not just going to be one person. It's going to be a ton of people. And I saw great response on it. So, you know, kudos to you. And I feel like this whole, this whole episode has just been me building your confidence. I, I might need to just follow you around and call you every day. I, I will. If there was a way to shrink you and put you in my pocket, we, we would be doing that. We'd be doing that. My confidence is at an all-time high right now. Good, man. That's what I like to hear. Let's let's dive a little bit now into the draft. Uh, like I said, you're my QB1. You're going to be the guy I go to, especially with these episodes when it comes to talking quarterbacks. Right now in the NFL draft, we, we might see four quarterbacks taken in the first round. There's a good group of quarterbacks in here. Uh, Joe Burrow will go number one unless, uh, unless Cincinnati's just like, you know what, never mind. Let's stick with that Andy Dalton fella. Um, who knows? It's Cincinnati, right? Um, you have uh, Tua Tungabailoa. We don't know. He might he might be a Dolphin. He might be a Charger. Justin Herbert, kind of the same thing. And then Jordan Love has been talked about by like almost every single person. There's a possibility he could go to New England. He could go here. He could go there. He could be, uh, you know, the Dolphins could pick somebody else and then grab him at 26. You know, there's just been so much crazy talk about it. And then another guy. Uh, who came into the fold at Oklahoma this past year, Jalen Hurts, another guy that should be within that at least the second round. I, I don't see him slipping further than that. Uh, with those five quarterbacks, you know, first question for you is, you know, are you rolling with a guy like Burrow at number one after really only, you know, this surge of a season he had this last year? Because he didn't have a bad uh, first year at LSU, but, you know, we've really only seen the greatness from this past season. Or, or I mean, 
how do you feel about Burrow being the number one guy? It's kind of the same thing. You know, we were talking earlier about our all-time quarterbacks list with Pat Mahomes being all mine, and we just haven't seen a big sample size from him. So it's kind of the same thing you're, you're talking about with Burrow there. Um, I was – I don't want to say I wasn't sold. I knew he was good. I didn't know how good he was. He'd been so hyped up going into the college football playoff, and, of course, we cover – OU and so I went to Atlanta um almost wish I didn't go to Atlanta um but uh I did not know how good he was truly going to be because he had been so hyped up and then I mean the some of the throws that guy was making were just I mean he's got probably the best receiving core in the country but this is some of the throws the guy was making were were next level throws I mean cross the field outbreaking routes, comebacks, outs, whatever, maybe corner routes, um, down the field throws, uh, going through progressions. He was doing all of it. Um, the OU defense, we know, is not providing a whole lot of resistance, but they were improved. They were they were much better than they've been in years past. And, I mean, it was not a fair fight that game. So, I, even if he ends up being a bust, there's no way you could pass up on him being number one because he's just – he just – separated himself so much from the rest of the quarterback class that I mean he a bust for him may be a, a guy that that you know is above average in the NFL because that's how much hype he has coming into it so will he love to the hype in the NFL I don't know but he is there's no doubt he's the best quarterback and the best eh, yeah he, best prospect in the draft as well I think he's better prospect than Chase Young and I, I like the fact that he's going to get a situation where he's going to go in and he's going to have A.J. Green. If A.J. Green's healthy, that's a, he's, he's a top, top receiver in the NFL for yep. certain. You still have Joe Mixon, which I know they're still doing the contract debate with him. I don't think that they're going to let a guy like Mixon go because it's been one of the best running backs they've had in years oh, in yeah. Cincinnati in their backfield. Uh, guys like John Ross who have that great speed for them. You know, He's going into a decent situation in Cincinnati where – you know, yeah, Andy Dalton hasn't been able to win, but really when you look at Andy Dalton's whole progression to becoming where he's at now, I mean, he had those great flourishes at TCU, but he was never an elite national champion quarterback. And Joe Burrow is that guy. He is an elite national champion quarterback. Yes, he had great receivers. Yes, he had Randy Moss's son at tight end. I mean, he had he had the guys, but also you have to have a guy that can put the ball where it needs to be at. And you know that very well. I mean, you have – have always had great receivers around you as well. You know that situation. Sometimes you don't, but when you're able to put the ball where it needs to be, guys are making those plays. I, I agree with you. I like Joe Burrow a lot. I think he's going to a great situation. Yeah, there's a uh, – you know, it's one thing to have good receivers, but it's another thing to make those good receivers look great. Um, so, you know, we'll find out was Joe Burrow a product of his, of his surroundings? Was he a product of having great receivers and a good tight end and a good defense and good coaching? Or were these receivers a product of having a good quarterback in Joe Burrow? You know, I mean, are, are those receivers as talented as they look? Or did Joe Burrow just make those guys look that much incredible? I don't know. But, yeah, you, you mentioned all the weapons there in Cincinnati. Uh, Tyler Boyd, I believe, is still there as well. He had a, He's had a couple nice seasons. So, and then Zach Taylor, you know, didn't have a great first season or whatever. But the guy is a um, – uh, as a quarterback guy. I mean, he's a guy that, that I think can can mold Joe Burrow. And if Andy Dalton does stay, I don't know if they're going to end up trading him or not. I don't know what their plan is there. But if he stays, that's a guy that he can learn from. He's going to learn from Andy Dalton for as much crap as he may get. He's been a veteran in the league, and he's had a couple of really nice seasons. So he can he's he's falling into a good situation for sure. Yeah, and for Andy Dalton, you got to think he was playing in a division that had the Steelers, who were just so dominant for as long as they were, and then kind of this new, like, just resurgent of the Baltimore Ravens, you know, in these past few seasons. I mean, you know, he hasn't been in a, a situation where he could be a lead dog really in that division, you know, I mean, especially going up against Big Ben when Big Ben – you know, isn't injured or whatnot and is playing at a, a great level when he had, I mean, you think of Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell that, you know, Ben Roethlisberger had with him too. It's, it's hard to beat any team, really beat a, a team like the Steelers during that time frame that, you know, Andy Dalton was really kind of competing against them. Yeah, for sure. So it's, it's again, product of, product of your situation. So that's, that's kind of what he's fallen into. You mentioned, um, Tua and Herbert, yeah, kind of both being talked about there early on in the in the draft. Both those guys have been kind of interchanged. Are you so you think that one of those guys will get? You think which one of which one of those two guys are you thinking will be taken first? You think it's a Herbert? You think it's Tua? You know, I I looked at it and on my mock draft, I, I didn't do any trades in my mock draft that we did um, that we put online. I, I had 
I did have Tua going to Miami and I had um, Herbert going to San, uh, to Los Angeles. Sorry. Um, that's still hard to think of. And we're not going to say yeah, Las Vegas this year too. Um, yeah, that's not going to happen. I'm going to say <laughs> Oakland all year long. <laughs> so for me, at least, you know, I, I think I would actually like to see Tua in Los Angeles. If I'm really being truthfully honest, I, I think Tua going to a team you know, yeah, they don't have Melvin Gordon anymore, but they still have Keenan Allen. You know, they still have a lot. And not saying that Miami doesn't have, you know, Devontae Parker, which they still do. But, you know, there's just so much really that I feel if I'm Tua, I think I'd rather be a charger just because, yeah, you're going to have to fill the shoes of Phillip Rivers. Um, but in the long run, Phillip Rivers had only had so many great moments in his whole career. So if you're Tua, you know, yeah, you can either go into Miami where they're not expecting you to be great, or you can go up and live to the potential that you've had all of your career at Alabama in a place like Los Angeles, where they want you to be a proven winner. You still have, uh, uh, oh, who do they have? It's Hunter Henry, correct? The tight end. Hunter Henry. Yeah. So they have Hunter Henry. They have Keenan Allen. Uh, they're still going to have Austin Eckler on that offense. They have a decent offensive line. Uh, and then they have two of the best defensive players in the NFL and, uh, Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram. So, I mean, they still have so many, you know, weapons that are in Los Angeles. I mean, the Los Angeles Chargers beat Green Bay this past year. Green Bay was in the NFC Divisional. I mean, and they just smacked Aaron Rodgers and company. And really, that game could have been even more had it not been like Melvin Gordon's first game back from, you know, sitting out. I mean, there was a lot that could have gone on. I think if I'm Tua, you know, or Justin Herbert, I mean, you're going to a good situation in Los Angeles. I'd rather go to Los Angeles at this point yeah. than being on the Dolphins because you really don't know what Miami's going to bring to the table. Yeah, it's definitely a better situation in Los Angeles. Miami, um, you know, they they were kind of surprising in a way. They, they started to play better as the season went on. Um, so, and, and that, that coach has gained some, gained some experience and I think gained a little bit of respect from his team because – you know, there was talks early on that Miami was going to tank and try to get the first pick. And I mean, they came pretty close, but um, they at least appeared to show a pulse throughout the season. And I think they, they rallied around that coach. I, there were guys who were trying to leave and guys that uh, didn't want to be down there anymore. But um, there were also guys who were wanted to be there and, and took the, took the job seriously. And so, um, you know, it's always tough for rookie quarterbacks to just, roll into a system and roll into uh, a place and, and get going and, and be the guy from day one. And so I don't even know who's, who are the quarterbacks on the chargers roster right now? Do we know? Uh, Tyrod Taylor is the most senior quarterback. That's right. In, they, they did get Tyrod, didn't they? Yeah. So, so you know what? I don't, I'm not sure what their plan is. I don't, I, I would imagine if they draft Tua or Herbert, that they probably want to make him the starter. Uh, but that's a that's a good situation to go into as well to having a veteran quarterback. I, I completely forgot about Tyrod, so that makes that situation even better there in Los Angeles because you have a guy that either you sit behind and learn from, or you beat him out in competition and he helps you um, as you go along. So, and then Miami, do they have? What do they got? Fitzpatrick is he? It's magic baby, he's still there. Yeah. So whoever goes to Miami is not going to start because Fitzmagic is going to carry that team for sure. So. Uh, again, that, that, that helps too, though, having a guy like that that you're able to, to learn under and, and, and either you play ahead of him and he's still able to help you out. Uh, both those guys, I think, are pretty well-respected veterans at their position and in the league as well. I think those guys have earned respect. And so I think those are also guys that would understand if they lose the job, they wouldn't just shut down. I think they would help out. Absolutely. All right. Cheesy, uh, cheesy sports phrase for you. Who's feeling the love this year, man. Who's going mm-hmm. after Jordan love. Good one. That was classic. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You know, he's, I think, uh, and we'll talk about, we can lump love and hurts into this one as well. Love hurts. Um, <laughs> thank you for building off that, man. I appreciate yeah. that. You're welcome. I have just for you. Um, we're seeing more and more now that, that quarterbacks aren't being forced to adapt to systems that are in place. Coaches and systems are adapting to the quarterbacks that they bring in. I mean, Lamar Jackson is a perfect example of that. The Ravens completely adjusted their offense, completely adapted their scheme around what Lamar Jackson's skill set is. And I think that um, in a way, Cliff Kingsbury changed up the way he ran his offense at Texas Tech to help out Kyler Murray, who had a great season, by the way. He did, Um, yes. So – I, I think that more and more we're seeing coaches and, and personnel groupings fit the player as opposed to making the player fit 
the scheme, if that makes sense. And so I think, uh, especially a guy like Jalen Hurts, we'll get to him, but with Jordan Love, you know, he's, he's athletic, but he's, he is more of a prototypical quarterback in a way. Um, he's not, he's not Lamar Jackson. He's, he's more, he's more of a, a, a poor man's Russell Wilson, if you will. He, he wants to be in the pocket, but he's fully capable of getting out if he needs to. Um, I wasn't able to watch him as much. I've seen him and I saw a couple games where, you know, it'd be, it'd, it'd be whatever late at night and the West coast games are, are, are starting after our newscasts went in or whatever it may be. And so I caught a few games and he's incredibly talented. It's hard to tell with guys like that when you don't have talent or as big of talent around you. Uh, but he made that team, whatever it was. I mean, he was, he was the team there. And so when you look at like skill sets and intangibles, got a great arm, seems to have a pretty good uh, uh, head on his shoulders in terms of, in terms of reading defenses and going through progressions. Um, and that's a, that's a coaching staff that while it's changed quite a bit throughout the years, it's still a staff that has quite a bit of experience there. And so he's not just, he's not just going out there and, and going, okay, I'm looking out to the outside receiver. He's not open. Okay. I'm going to pull it down and run. I mean, he, he was having to go through progressions and there's kind of a, I know they're on the West coast, so it sounds cheesy, but he does run a West coast offense there. And that's a lot of what people are doing now in the NFL. And so that's kind of what the transition has been. So I think no matter where he goes, he's, he's a, he's a guy that I think coaches can fit a system to. And I'll let you, I'll let you hit on Jordan love a little bit before we get into Jalen hurts then too. Yeah, I, I, it's just one of those things where he just kind of appeared out of nowhere, it felt for me, you know, I mean, and granted, maybe it was just because, you know, I had my head kind of uh, elsewhere during football season, as you know, as well as I did, I, I took over kind of a, mm-hmm. a role for a guy who had been at our TV station for many years. Uh, and one of our great mentors, Eric Kinnett, I took mm-hmm. over a lot of Pitt State stuff. So I was very entrenched in Division Two football this year. So when my head kind of poked out, uh, after, after Pitt state season. And, you know, we had, we had, we had four teams in our area playing for state this year, which was big for our area. Um, you know, and and two of those teams winning by the time that I kind of had my head poked out, you know, above the water, if you will, or or wherever I was at, you know, really the only people I was looking at, I mean, obviously following Jalen Hurts, just kind of being in the area that we're at, um, and not really seeing anything else, but, you know, the Joe Burrow mania and, you know, obviously knowing Tua Tungavailoa. So for me, Jordan Love, you know, I started watching all this draft coverage because that's the only thing we have for sports right now. And mm. they're just like, man, this Jordan Love guy, he could be the next Pat Mahomes. He'd be the next blah, blah. I'm like, all right, let's pump the brakes here. You know, like Patrick Mahomes is in, and, and like you mentioned, I've mentioned, and we know Georgia mentioned, he's a once in a lifetime player. I mean, yes. this guy is completely different than anybody else. So to say that he's kind of like that, I've also seen a comparison to him though, of Joe Flacco. So for me, it's, uh, you know, it, where are we going at here? How can you say he's like Joe Flacco? Yeah, and then now he's this, and now he's this, and now he's this. So for me, at least, I, I don't know where Jordan Love's going to go. I think uh, I don't think the Patriots are going to take him. You know, my theory that I have is that you know you hate to say it, but my theory is the Patriots will tank and get Trevor Lawrence next year, or find a way to trade to get Trevor Lawrence next year. Yeah. Um, and then people are just going to hate New England even more. If that's the, if right. that's the case. But that's my theory with them. But you know, if Miami doesn't take, you know, a two or a Justin Herbert early, because Miami does have three first round picks, you know, they're in pretty good roles. I, I think they have, they have one in the teens, they have one uh, in the twenties and they have obviously that fifth pick. So, I mean, for them, you know, if you don't take a guy there, maybe you, you wait to see who's going to drop because the teams below you don't really need a quarterback. Maybe you trade back up if you need to. But then again, if Jordan Love is who they think he is and people are saying this is the guy Maybe you can wait because there aren't too many teams really this year other than your top, you know, 10 teams that really need those quarterbacks. I mean, and really it's only three or four of those squads that really need that. So for me at least, I mean, Jordan Love, I I don't know where he's going to go. I I don't even have him going on my mock draft in the first round. But with San Francisco having no first – I have no picks from after their 31st pick until the fifth round – I see they're going to trade that 31 pick out to somebody that does need a quarterback, maybe somebody who doesn't have a first round pick, whatever, who's going to trade in and maybe grab a guy like Jordan Love in that 31 spot. But normally it seems to happen, and you're right, there's not a lot of teams that show a need or a desire to want to draft a quarterback. What normally happens in these these drafts is that quarterbacks seem to just fly off the board 
um, especially in recent years. And I think with what Lamar did this past year, I think teams and coaching staffs are going to fall in love with, well, we can do that. We can have a project quarterback like that. And we can, you know, so I would not be surprised at all if one Jordan love goes in the early twenties, mid twenties. And then I wouldn't be surprised. I would not be shocked at all. If Hertz gets picked in the first round. Do I think he's a first round quarterback? No. Um, I, but I don't, he, you mentioned it earlier. I don't think he gets out of the second round. Um, yeah. and that's not, yeah. and that's not even saying that he is a second round talent. Um, I think teams think that they can do what Baltimore did. They can, they can say, well, I know that Jalen is a really good downhill runner. I know that he is uh, pretty good in, in, in the zone read game. I know he's pretty good at that. I know that he's pretty good at um, pulling the ball down and, and having one or two reads before he takes off. We're not going to put him in a, in a system where he's going to have to make three or four reads and, and know where his check down is and, and know where the hot receiver is. And no, you know, we're going to, we're going to make things simple for him. We're going to let him use his athleticism and we're going to allow him to make short, quick, decisive throws. And so um, I think with love, I think he's much more polished in pass in the passing game than, than Jalen is. Um, but I think he's athletic enough to where a team will say, Hey, you know what? We can, we can, we can tinker a system around this guy. Let's trade up and take him in, in the mid twenties. Let's, take a chance on him in the, at the end of the first round. Um, and I think that's what could also happen with Jalen is you don't want to be the team that didn't, you know, Lamar, you don't want to be the team that didn't take a Jalen or a Lamar Jackson type talent when you could have. And then three years down the road, the Ravens are running the, the zone read offense in the NFL and, and trashing people, you know? So you don't want to, you're, that's what it's becoming now is you're willing to take a risk on a guy. And if it doesn't work out, well, we already, you know, New England, for example, or so, or a team that has a quarterback established, for example. Well, Jalen didn't work out. That's okay. We still have this guy that we can fall back on, and we'll, we'll be we'll be just fine. So, I would not be surprised if Jordan Love goes late first round, and then I would not be surprised either if Jalen goes late first round. I think he'll probably go in the second, though, personally. Yeah, I, th- I think in in the the team that we were talking about earlier, the team that I think has a good radar on him, and I would I, I think could be a good fit would be Pittsburgh. Uh, just kind of getting that yep. heir apparent to Ben Roethlisberger because it, yep. it's not going to be it's not going to be Mason Rudolph and it's not going to be uh, it's not going to be Duck. It's just not going to happen, man. I, I, you don't just, think so? No. You know, and here here you know, like you said, I'm a, I'm a five nine guy that wishes he could have played quarterback, but you know, I still couldn't do what Mason Rudolph does, and I still couldn't do what Duck does, but. Good Lord, uh, Pittsburgh needed an answer this year, and it was neither one of them. So I, I think if Jalen Hurts in that situation, you get a chance because Big Ben's going to be back this year. He might have another two seasons under his belt. Honestly, you get a chance to really get a guy, and then you have the Rodgers situation. He's sitting behind a Hall of Fame quarterback. He's going to get yep. a chance to learn. He's going to get a chance to see what it's like. You might get a chance to get him in a few mop-up moments. You might get a chance, you know, Big Ben takes a big hit you throw Jalen in for the rest of the game and he proves you wrong. You know, I, I like that situation for him. Yeah. And I think, I think Tomlin's a guy, I think that coaching staff's a guy or a group that can do what we've been talking about in terms of molding a system, molding a scheme around a guy, as opposed to making this guy fit in because Hertz may be a pretty similar skill set to, to big Ben, but he is not a big Ben. Um, he uh, he's, I think, I give him more credit throwing the ball than a lot of people do. I think he's, I think he has a talented arm. I think he can, I think in the right system, he can, he can flourish in the passing game. Um, but I think what makes him so much different, so much more unique is his ability to run the ball. And I think if a team jumps on that and adapts to that, then I think that they have a pretty, pretty solid. He's not Lamar. He's not going to be that guy, but he, they got a guy that can be a pretty solid asset uh, for a team. So yeah, as a Steelers fan, I, w- I would love to see uh, Jalen, in, in Pittsburgh. I, I really enjoyed getting to cover him when he was at OU. Um, seemed like a good kid, good guy. Um, teammates seemed to, to get along with him. And that's the thing too, is he fit into that, that, that locker room pretty quick. Yeah. Um, yeah. he got there in, in February or whenever that was and, and was there for, I think he was there for spring ball. Yeah. Um, and that's hard to do. I mean, OU's got a bunch of talent and a bunch of, uh, uh, divas, personalities in the locker room and so for him to just kind of roll in there and 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 do what he did was was impressive 
I, I like the guy. I think he's going to, you know, I, I, he's a gym rat, you know, Nick Saban still speaks highly about him, even though, you know, he left and, and you think about the, the idea that, you know, you're going to sit back and let another quarterback have your spot and, and have your moment with Tua. And he, and he did it. And like you said, he's a team guy. I, I like him and I'd like to see what he happens. Big question for you here now. CD Lamb, is he the first receiver taken off the board? I, I, again, I'm biased because I covered him, and I'm an OU fan. I guess I should have said that earlier. I am an OU fan. and But I covered him all year long, and, you know, he's a freak of nature. I mean, dude is incredible. I don't, I can't remember what his 40 time ended up being at the, at the, at the combine, but regardless of what he ran, if he ran the four fours or the four fives, that guy that big and that, and that cut up, to be able to run what he did was incredible. Jerry Judy, I think, is probably uh, getting a lot of love. Um, but I think from everything I've been reading and seeing, it sounds like he's CD has kind of taken over that top spot in the receiver rankings. Um, I think they're probably pretty interchangeable. I think if I think if Judy goes at nine, I think CD could go at ten. If CD goes at eight, I think Judy goes at nine or ten. So I, I think they're both going to come off pretty quick. Um, but CD was so good at, at route running. He ran physical routes. He got in and out of his breaks really quick. He set up his routes really well. And he had really strong hands. I mean, there's a difference between having good hands and strong hands. Good hands means you can catch the ball. Strong hands means you attack the ball with your hands and, and, you, and you don't allow other guys to have a chance to catch it. And that's what he did. I mean, he attacked the ball. And it was impressive watching him go up and high point things. It was impressive. Going across the middle, the guy didn't flinch ever. I mean, he did not. He did not care. He put his body on the line pretty much every time he went out there. Um, game against Texas, he broke like cumulatively like thirty-eight tackles or something. Wow, I'm, wow. Exa- I'm exaggerating. Uh, it seemed like thirty-eight tackles. It probably I mean, was though against yeah. Texas. Yeah, um, and then I mean, the guy was just incredible, um, a freak athlete. So I think he's number one off the board in terms of receivers. I would not be surprised if Judy goes ahead of him, but. Um, really, it sure seems like you can't go wrong with either one of those guys. Uh, my other one for you, another first round OU guy, Kenneth Murray. Um, you know, a lot of people giving a lot of, uh, a lot of hate to big 12 defenses, things like that. But Kenneth Murray is a guy that, you know, uh, has his name very much, uh, he and Patrick Queen are two guys that are very much getting talked about. Uh, Patrick Queen from a national championship team, Kenneth Murray, I mean, from Big 12 champion and, and a team that was in the uh, college football playoffs. So, and when you, I feel especially because you people talk about how weak the Big 12 defense is, and then you literally have a guy that's like, well, well this is one of the top one or two linebacker prospects. I mean, that, that kind of shows you what Kenneth Murray has done and has cemented himself in here. Where do you see Kenneth Murray? Murray where would you like to see him fit in at? I think Ian Rappaport tweeted it out maybe it was today or yesterday, but he was going through like some draft highlights and he said that that the most talked about and the most well-respected, most reviewed player that he's seen from scouts and, and personnel was Kenneth Murray. Nobody had a bad thing to say about him, whether it was interviews, whether it was on the field, whether it was in the film room, whatever it was, he had checked all the boxes. And for me, at least on the field and in the interview room, when we've talked to him, He's checked my boxes. I mean, the guy, the guy's a freak. And what's great about him is that he was, he came in and his first year was solid, but had a lot of issues last year, two years ago, whatever. uh, Same thing was a freak athlete, but was kind of soft and and didn't really throw his body around last year. The guy, I mean, took off. He was, I called CD a freak of nature. I don't know if you've seen Kenneth Kenneth Murray in person, uh, but he's terrifying. He is – there's not – there was quite a few guys I was not afraid of, but, you know, you're looking across the line of scrimmage, you're like, oh, gosh, you're a lot bigger than I am. I can't imagine looking across the line of scrimmage at Kenneth Murray. That guy is taller than I am. He's jacked, and he can fly. I, I, I don't know about a team. I'm not sure where most of the projections have him going. I know it's mid to late first round. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he climbs higher. Um, I think he's a guy that could go in the late teens, early twenties. I think somewhere like from 18 to 22, somewhere in that range. Um, what makes him so versatile is he got so much better in space this year. Uh, two years ago with Mike Stoops defense, the Ruffin McNeil defense, when he left, he wasn't very good in space. They tried to hide him a little bit. And 
I think that hurt him a little bit. Now he, he kind of played the true Mike position this year in Alex Trench's defense. And while you're not out in space, like as a will, like covering flats and running with slot receivers, you are covering a lot of ground in the box. You're having to ba- you're banging around with a bunch of big offensive linemen. You're banging around tight ends. You're having to take backs out of the backfield, whatever it may be. And he did that so well this year. He covered so much ground. The Texas game, the Houston game in the opener, um, and a couple others, but those two stood out. He was – he made – if not every if – he, if he didn't make the tackle, he was there celebrating with a guy who made the tackle. I mean, he was all over the field. It was ridiculous. Um, and so I think – I think he fits a lot of defensive schemes in the NFL because he can run sideline to sideline and he's big enough and physical enough to take on those big interior offensive linemen. Um, so I'm actually talking to him tomorrow. So that'll be fun. We'll see how that goes. I'm a little scared. Uh, it's good. Just keep it as a zoom interview, man. Just, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm a little intimidated, but we'll be okay. Final question for you, man. Cause I know it's getting a little bit later here and I, I want you to be able to be rest up for Kenneth Murray tomorrow. Um, guy from your area, Tulsa area, um, you know, maybe in that area that you say, Hey, this is a guy that keep an eye on. It's not a name that we might be hearing. Maybe it's a kid who grew up there. Maybe it's a guy who's played at Tulsa, just somebody that you feel from your area to keep an eye on in the draft, because this might be a guy who could uh, definitely get drafted, maybe late rounds, whatever it is and make an impact. I feel like I'm going to miss someone. So if I do, I'm sorry. Um, one guy that I would like to see what happens. I don't know if he's going to get, he's not probably going to get drafted and he's probably not going to get, he may get picked up after the draft, but Mason fine. He was a quarterback in North Texas. Um, I don't know if he broke records there, but he was incredibly efficient, had great numbers and he's shorter than I am. He's like five, eight, five, nine, uh, had a great career at North Texas. Yes, I know. That's our kind of people. Um, I don't know what sucked is I think his pro day got canceled because of the coronavirus. So I don't know if scouts were able to come out and watch him in person. Um, but the guy was incredible at North Texas. Uh, he's an incredible kid. Uh, we actually recruited him at UCO. I hosted him on his visit at UCO. Um, and North Texas came in at the very last second and offered him and he ended up having a great career. So I don't know if he's going to get drafted. I doubt it. I don't know if he's going to get picked up. I hope he does. Uh, that's something to keep an eye on. But as far as uh, people that will get drafted. Two guys from TU that I want uh, everybody should keep an eye on: Travis Gibson and Reggie Robinson. Reggie Robinson's a defensive back, and after the combine, he got invited to the combine. After the combine, it was one of the most talked about defensive backs um, in the draft class. Um, big guy, ran a lot faster than everybody thought he was going to. We were really well in the defensive in the in the DB uh, uh, skills, the DB drills. Um, I don't know where he's going to get picked. DBs are, are it's such a deep class and I don't know I'm I value and I'm I'm better at evaluating quarterbacks than I am defensive backs like I had no idea he was going to be that good because I don't you, you know when you shoot games you're not following players you're following the ball so like like I was saying with Kenneth Murray I knew Kenneth Murray was around the ball because that's where the camera was right like it's hard for me if, if Reggie Robinson's playing great defense on a receiver I'm probably not going to see it because I'm probably not going to throw it to him you know so um, he's a guy that everybody talked about afterwards. I think he's probably a middle round draft guy. Um, I saw as high as third round. Uh, so we'll see if that happens. I think it probably be later, but you never know. And then Travis Gibson, defensive lineman. Um, he's not the biggest, uh, but he's a really good athlete. Um, probably going to be a pretty good edge pass rusher. Um, probably be a guy that comes in like a second unit, third unit maybe. Uh, but he's also been talked about in the mid rounds as well, third, fourth round. So those are two guys. I would I would expect Reggie Robinson to probably make a splash. Uh, and I really like Travis Gibson as a person, so I hope he does well as well. Not that I don't like Reggie. That sounded really bad. But I talked to Travis a lot more than I did to Reggie. So that's uh, I, like, I think both those guys could make an impact. Awesome, man. I appreciate it. And I, I want to say thank you so much for joining me. Uh, this is a, a venture that I've been trying to do for a while. You know that as well. Um, and, and with everything that's kind of happened, I mentioned it last night. I, I just have the time to do it really right now to really break down and and sit down. And, you know, one of the things that you hear a lot of people saying is, you know, Hey, make sure you're checking on, you know, your friends that are, you know, this or your friends who are this. And, and I feel for us, you know, in the sports broadcasting world, I want to check on my friends who are in this world because we're, you know, and after the draft, we might not have anything for a while. So, I always feel it's good to be able to sit down and kind of chat and, and talk sports because we haven't been able to do that for a while. So um, that's kind of where I'm starting talking Schmidt off with and we'll see where it grows from. But I truly do appreciate you joining me here on episode two and, 
and just adding your insight. And, and like I said, you're our QB one here. There's not going to be another QB one. <laughs> I mean, that's just for certain. There might be a QB two. I don't know, but definitely that's a QB one. Uh, one thing I do have to push to you before I let you go here. I mentioned it with George last night. At some point, we will have to have a chat with you, me, and George here on Zoom for this show, and we have to debate REO Speedwagon. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Here's the th- – listen, I don't know what he said about it, but he has to pronounce the name correctly or I'm out <laughs> because it's ridiculous. He- He's, he mocks us. So for everybody who doesn't know, Ethan and I know music. George does not know music. That's not bias. That's just fact. It's true. <laughs> we'll do it. We need to do it. All right, man. Sounds good. We'll, we'll plan that one for uh, another day down the road, brother. But I, pish, I appreciate you being on this episode with me. I appreciate you getting a chance to talk and kind of showcase some of the guys that people might not know about that you get a chance to watch on a regular basis. So, I, uh, you know, Hopefully we get to see some of the, some of these guys get picked up and, and we get to kind of celebrate in the, in the next few days of, of the NFL draft, just those moments. And even if they're not drafted, hopefully they get picked up by a team and, and, and we yeah. can see those guys as well. Uh, for this episode of Talking Schmidt, my good friend TJ Eckert joined me on here. Uh, we had a great episode. We hope you guys enjoyed it. We hope you join us again. TJ is going to be a regular guest uh, when he's out. Obviously, he's a very busy man. Um, he's got a wedding coming up soon. Um, so congratulations again, uh, and tell, tell, uh, tell Madison, congratulations. And, um, looking forward to seeing that beautiful couple get married and seeing those beautiful pictures of, uh, of that. And then eventually one of these days we'll see the next, uh, T3 Eckert come out and we'll get to see that. Right. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. It's going to be an amazing athlete. Can I throw that out there? Can I say that? No, a hundred percent. And the baby will be athletic, not because of me. Yes, it's not because of you. I read these stats, but Madison owns records at UCO. Like, there's a difference. Like, TJ's good. Madison holds way more records. (laughs) TJ's great. And she'll let you know. (laughs) I love it, man. I love it, TJ. Thanks so much for joining me, man. Uh, I look forward to talking to you again, man. For episode two of Talking Schmidt, I'm Ethan Schmidt. He's TJ Eckert. We hope you guys join us again further down the road. Thanks so much for listening and watching. You guys have a great night.